0: Chapter Seven of Alice Dugdale by Anthony Trollope. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Anthony Ogus. After the party, when the major left Brook Park on the morning after the archery amusements, he was quite sure of this: that under no circumstances whatever would he be induced to ask Miss Georgiana Wanless to be his wife. He had promised to write a letter and he would write one instantly. He did not conceive it possible, but that Lady Wanless should understand what would be the purport of that letter, although as she left him on the previous night she had pretended to hope otherwise. That her hopes had not been very high we know from the words which she spoke to Sophia in the privacy of her own room. He had intended to return by Slowbridge, but when the morning came he changed his mind and went to Beetham. His reason for doing so was hardly plain, even to himself. He tried to make himself believe that the letter had better be written from Beetham, hot as it were from the immediate neighbourhood, than from London. But as he thought of this his mind was crowded with ideas of Alice Dugdale. He would not propose to Alice, At this moment, indeed, he was averse to matrimony, having been altogether disgusted with female society at Brook Park, but he had to acknowledge a sterling worth about Alice and the existence of a genuine friendship between her and himself, which made it painful to him to leave the country without other recognition than that raising of his hat when he saw at the corner of the lane. He had behaved badly in this Brook Park affair, in having been tempted thither in opposition to those better instincts which had made alice so pleasant a companion to him and was ashamed of himself he did not think that he could go back to his former ideas he was aware that alice must think ill of him would not believe him to be now such as she had once thought him england and london were distasteful to him he would go abroad on that foreign service which he had proposed to himself there was an opening for him to do so if he liked and he could return to his present duties after a year or two but he would see alice again before he went thinking of all this he drove himself back to beetham on that morning tidings of the successful festivities of Brook park reached the doctor's house tidings of the coming festivities then of the preparations and at last of the festal day itself had reached alice so that it seemed to her that all albetham talked of nothing else old lady deepbell had caught a cold walking about on the lawn with hardly anything on her old shoulders stupid old woman and had sent for the doctor the first thing in the morning positively settled she had said to the doctor "'Absolutely arranged, Dr Dugdale. "'Lady Wallace told me so herself, "'and I congratulated the gentleman.' "'She did not go on to say "'that the gentleman had denied the accusation, "'but then she had not believed the denial. "'The doctor, coming home, "'had thought it his duty to tell Alice, "'and Alice had received the news with a smile. "'I knew it would be so, Father.' "'And you?' This he said, holding her hand and looking tenderly into her eyes. Me? It will not hurt me. Not that I mean to tell a lie to you, father, she added after a moment. A woman isn't hurt because she doesn't get a prize in the lottery. Had it ever come about, I dare say I should have liked him well enough. No more than that. And why should it have come about, she went on saying, avoiding her father's last question determined not to lie if she could help it, but determined also to show no wound. I think my position in life very happy, but it isn't one from which he would choose a wife. Why not, my dear? A thousand reasons. I am always busy, and he would naturally like a young lady who had nothing to do. She understood the effect of the perambulator and the constant needle and thread. Besides, Though he might be all very well, he could never, I think, be as dear to me as the Bairns. I should feel that I lost more than I got by going. This she knew to be a lie, but it was so important that her father should believe her to be contented with her home duties. And she was contented, though very unhappy. When her father kissed her, she smiled into his face, oh, so sweetly, so pleasantly. "'and the old man thought that she could not have loved very deeply. "'Then she took herself to her own room "'and sat a while alone with a countenance much changed. "'The lines of sorrow about her brow were terrible. "'There was not a tear, but her mouth was close-pressed "'and her hand was working constantly by her side. "'She gazed at nothing, but sat with her eyes wide open.' staring straight before her then she jumped up quickly and striking her hand upon her heart she spoke aloud to herself i will cure it she said he is not worthy and it should therefore be easier though he were worthy i would cure it yes bobby i'm coming then she went about her work that might have been about noon "'It was after their early dinner with the children "'that the Major came up to the Doctor's house. "'He had reached the parsonage in time for a late breakfast "'and had then written his letter. "'After that he had sat idling about on the lawn, "'not on the best terms with his mother, "'to whom he had sworn that under no circumstances "'would he make Georgiana Wanless his wife. "'I would sooner marry a girl from a troupe of tightrope dancers.' he had said in his anger. Mrs. Rossiter knew that he intended to go up to the doctor's house, and therefore the immediate feeling between the mother and son was not pleasant. My readers, if they please, shall see the letter to Lady Wanless. My dear Lady Wanless, it is a great grief to me to say that there has been, I fear, a misconception between you and me on a certain matter. This is the more a trouble to me because you and Sir Walter have been so very kind to me. From a word or two which fell from you last night I was led to fear that you suspected feelings on my part which I have never entertained and aspirations to which I have never pretended. No man can be more alive than I am to the honour which has been suggested but I feel bound to say that I am not in a condition to accept it. Pray believe me to be, dear Lady Wanliss, yours always, very faithfully, John Rossiter. The letter, when it was written, was, to himself, very unsatisfactory. It was full of ambiguous words and namby-pamby phraseology which disgusted him. But he did not know how to alter it for the better. It is hard to say an uncivil thing civilly without ambiguous namby-pamby language. He could not bring it out in straightforward, stout English. You want me to marry your daughter, but I won't do anything of the kind. So the letter was sent. The conduct of which he was really ashamed did not regard Miss Wanless, but Alice Dugdale. At last, very slowly, he took himself up to the doctor's house. He hardly knew what it was that he meant to say when he found himself there, but he was sure that he did not mean to make an offer. Even had other things suited, there would have been something distasteful to him in doing this so quickly after the affair of Miss Wanless. He was in no frame now for making love, but yet it would be ungracious in him, he thought, to leave Betham without seeing his old friend. He found the two ladies together with the children still around them, sitting near a window which opened down to the ground. Mrs. Dugdale had a novel in hand and, as usual, was leaning back in a rocking chair. Alice had also a book open on the table before her, but she was bending over a sewing machine. They had latterly divided the cares of the family between them. Mrs. Dugdale had brought the children into the world and Alice had washed, clothed and fed them when they were there. When the Major entered the room... Alice's mind was, of course, full of the tidings she had heard from her father, which tidings, however, had not been communicated to Mrs. Dugdale. Alice at first was very silent, while Mrs. Dugdale asked as to the festivities, "'It has been the grandest thing anywhere about here for a long time.' "'And like other grand things, a great bore,' said the Major." "'I don't suppose you found it so, Major Rossiter?' said the lady. "'Then the conversation ran away into a description "'of what had been done during the day. "'He wished to make it understood "'that there was no permanent link binding him to Brook Park, "'but he hardly knew how to say it "'without going beyond the lines of ordinary conversation. "'At last there seemed to be an opening, "'not exactly what he wished, but still an opening.' Brook Park is not exactly the place,' said he, "'at which I shall ever feel myself quite at home.' "'This was in answer to some chance word "'which had fallen from Mrs Dugdale. "'I'm sorry for that,' said Alice. "'She would have given a guinea to bring the word back "'after it had been spoken, "'but spoken words cannot be brought back.' "'Why, sorry,' he asked, smiling, "'because oh because it is so likely that you may be there often i don't know that at all you've become so intimate with them said alice we are told in beetham that the party was got up all for your honour so sir walter had told him and so Maria, the naughty girl had said also only for your beausier major ossiter we shouldn't have had any party at all This had been said by Maria when she was laughing at him about her sister Georgiana. I don't know how that may be, said the Major, but all the same, I shall never be at home at Brook Park. Don't you like the young ladies? asked Mrs. Dugdale. Oh, yes, very much, and Lady Wanless and Sir Walter. I like them all, in a way. But I shall never find myself at home at Brook Park. Alice was very angry with him. He ought not to have gone there at all. He must have known that he could not be there without paining her. She thoroughly believed that he was engaged to marry the girl of whose family he spoke in this way. He had thought, so it seemed to her, that he might lessen the blow to her by making little of the great folk among whom his future lot was to be cast. But what could be more mean?' He was not the John Rossiter to whom she had given her heart. There had been no such man. She had been mistaken. "'I'm afraid you're one of those,' she said, "'who, wherever they find themselves, at once begin to wish for something better.' That is meant to be severe. My severity won't go for much. "'I'm sure you have deserved it,' said Mrs. Dugdale, most indiscreetly. "'Is this intended for an attack?' "'he asked, looking from one to the other. "'Not at all,' said Alice, affecting to laugh. "'I should have said nothing "'if I thought Mamma would take it up so seriously. "'I was only sorry to hear you speak "'of your new friend so slightingly.' "'After that, the conversation between them "'was very difficult, and he soon got up to go away. "'As he did so, he asked Alice "'to say a word to him out in the garden.' "'having already explained to them both "'that it might be some time "'before he would be again down at Beetham. "'Alice rose slowly from her sewing machine "'and putting on her hat "'led the way with a composed "'and almost dignified step "'out through the window. "'Her heart was beating within her "'but she looked as though "'she were mistress of every pulse. "'Why did you say that to me?' he asked. "'Say what?' That I always wish for better things and better people than I found. Because I think you ambitious and discontented. There is nothing disgraceful in that, though it is not the character which I myself like the best. You meant to allude specially to the Wanlesses? Because you have just come from there and were speaking of them. And to one of that family specially? No, Major Ositatre. There you are wrong. I alluded to no one in particular, they are nothing to me, I do not know them, but I hear that they are kind and friendly people, with good manners, and very handsome. Of course I know, as we all know everything of each other in this little place, that you have of late become very intimate with them. Then when I hear you aver that you are already discontented with them, I cannot help thinking that you are hard to please. I am sorry that Mamma spoke of deserving. I did not intend to say anything so seriously. Alice! Well, Major Rossiter? I wish I could make you understand me. I do not know that that would do any good. We have been old friends, and of course I hope that you may be happy. I must say goodbye now. I cannot go beyond the gate, because I am wanted to take the children out. Goodbye then i hope you will not think ill of me why should i think ill of you i think very well only that you are ambitious as she said this she laughed again and then she left him he had been most anxious to tell her that he was not going to marry that girl but he had not known how to do it he could not bring himself to declare that he would not marry a girl when by such declaration he would have been forced to assume that he might marry her if he pleased. So he left Alice at the gate and she went back to the house still convinced that he was betrothed to Georgiana Wanless. End of chapter 7